Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Catapulter Podcast. Today, it's once again myself and Jedi, plus maybe some cats. And uh, we have quite a few dev blocks to talk about, I think. Yes, although I expect that everyone is probably going to expect, uh, expect us to um, mention the very most important thing first, which is Commander Unsinkable Sam. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I could pretend that actually they're adding my Sam into the game. And it just happens to bear a superficial, you know, thing to unsinkable Sam. But uh, I, don't, I don't think I could keep up that pretense for very long. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to have an actual, um, um, you know, meowing cat line as well. So uh, it'll be a, a properly voiced commander making hopefully cute little meows in game. There will actually be two commanders, so one German and one oh, British. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah, there was some confusion about that on, um, I think, on the forums, but it was clarified by one of the, the uh, community managers in that it's not going to be like Ovechkin where you can, you know, like it's, it's kind of dual nationality. No, it'll be two separate commanders for Germany and for Britain. I Well, it's a shame. Uh-huh. I don't understand why, because it's the same. Sam, yes. But- it, I, I don't so know why they haven't done that either. But on the other hand, it means I get to have twice as many cat captains. That's so. true. That's true. It also means you have to spend twice the amount of captain experience to get them to a reasonable level. <laughs> That's also true. But but more importantly, obviously, since they have a unique voiceover, once you have one cat unlocked, you can then switch the voiceover <laughs> just to cats, yes. and then you can have every captain in the game just meowing. That's... <laughs> That's true. Every cat could sound, yeah, yeah. I, I have. I, I since I saw that news, I was tempted to, you know, offer my Sam services to be the voice. But I suspect, you know, they've already got it all recorded. So, oh well. It's funny when when the um, uh, the captain competition was going in that that Jingles obviously won. Uh, a while later, they kind of had a consolation prize of if you took part, we'll. If you, if you get the right reference photos taken, we'll uh, put your portrait in game. And I m- never managed to get around to it, partly because of COVID, and partly because of the difficulty of finding somewhere to actually take photos up here to the the required kind of studio standard. I had to got it myself, but they w- they weren't good enough. But one of the things I I asked, well, this is obviously back when I was still uh, uh, CC, was uh, well, can, can can you not just do my cat instead? Can you not put the cat? Can you not put <laughs> Sam in my place in game? And the answer was sadly no, but you know I, I did I did ask if that was a possibility. So there you go. I I am that cat crazy apparently. But, but this this is the next best yeah. thing. It's the next best thing. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's maybe start at the top of that one because this is all part of the seventh anniversary. Uh, update and um, previous ones have been fairly decent but of course this is all coming after the economic splits and uh, uh, of course so we have to bear in mind that uh, when one of the things you can get is potentially uh, perma camo from some of the, uh, the the containers I think there's like three containers you can earn um, but of course no economic bonuses anymore so yeah, objectively worth less, and I don't know if there's any way to get the um, 
the the economic tokens bonuses i can't i can never remember what they're called but uh yeah i I don't know if those are part of part of this event or not but uh maybe they are i I just missed it I would assume whenever they say camels, they only talk about visuals from now on. Yeah. I think they'd mention it separately if they Economic bonus. So, so um, yeah, seven, seven yeah. years, though. <laughs> I've been covering the game for most of that, I guess. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a, a new collection called Seven Seas special containers for that and um, combat chains to earn some of those uh, as well as the usual uh, armory daily bundle things. Uh, It does say opening all these containers will be enough to guarantee the full completion of the collection. So that's always nice. That hasn't necessarily always been the case in the past. Uh, Collection consists of four sections with four items each. Uh, each section will give you a one day of premium, so that's quite nice if you are a fully free player. And the reward for all of them is three distant voyages containers, commemorative flag, and an achievement. So those, yes. I think that's the three freebie distant voyages containers, which are you know the ones where you can get camos from. Which random camos? Yeah. Camos for ships you might not even have. Um, there's also going to be a couple of camos added for the event, which compared to some of the previous anniversary camos, which have been a bit more diverse, a bit more interesting, uh, some of which I even use on some of my ships still. Uh, I don't really like these ones, to be honest. These, uh, I, I don't know, they're called Mistress or, uh, well, they're called Seven Seas, and then there's going to be a pair of Commanders called Master of the Seven Seas and Mistress of the Seven Seas, and that that's fine, sort of vaguely um, merfolk. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, or it's and, even like uh, a flag with. Uh... Yeah, they, they do have that, but the camo itself, uh, which is uh, going to be, there's going to be more for Mayhan, Inderacht, and the Synop, and uh, it's yeah, it's kind of. Like blue and gold's not a bad combo, but uh, the actual camo is—I don't know—it's got weird glowy bits on the side. Uh, the, uh, it just feels like they well, like oh, we need a bit more detail. Uh, let's slap some weird glowy bits on the side because it <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with anything. It and reminds it, me of retro sci-fi, more like it when kind you go of like... yeah, it's, it is. It's more like it's it's more reminiscent of some of the sci-fi camos they've done, but that's not the theme at all. There's nothing to me that says oceanic seven seas. That that to me suggests a very different sort of theme. And they, they maybe could have like we we have that uh, cartographic expendable map. You know, they could have had something that was themed more along um, sort of naval maps or. Uh, legendary sea creatures, or something. I mean, that could representing have had like uh, the, a, a uh, reef or seashells or something like that. Yeah, on yeah. The outside. It, this is one of those ones that really feels kind of. I, I hesitate to say low effort, but it kind of does. Like there doesn't seem to have been a lot of thought gone into this one. It's, it's just I mean, got some squares on it, like the gold piping or, or brass or whatever it's supposed to be is not bad, but. The bits on the hull just kind of 
like if you lost those weird squares <laughs> on the bow and whatever that rectangular um, block is supposed to be amidships with all the uh, glowy bits on it, like if you lost that, and there's some kind of detailing at the stern that I can't quite make out, but I'd probably dislike that as well, then maybe, but... Yeah, it's one of those ones where it, it's some of the more abstract ones they do are just, I don't know. Some of their camos are really, really good, and then other camos like this, it's just like, but, but why? I mean, I wouldn't what, say it's it supposed to say? bad, but it's not necessarily to my taste. And I guess the only reference to, to Seven Seas is that it's blue. For me, yes, it, it, exactly. just, it, it really looks like retro sci-fi, something I would have expected in like the area of... Uh, but when when you go back to the original Star Trek, the inside of the ships were always very colorful and very. But I I really is I for me this this is like a retro sci-fi. It's not necessarily something that has anything to do with Seven Seas, but I, I'm fine. No. It's not my my favorite choice there, but I'm. I mean, I'm fine with it's not aura. like it's burning my eyes as I look at it. It's more like wow, that seems like such a missed opportunity to do a cool camo. <laughs> So, oh well. Uh, to, to point out, maybe a naval uniform. I mean, I suppose, like the glowy bits or so, could be like an, an uh, ranking signal or something it, like that. Why call it seven Cs then? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> because it's seven years, and you know, we we are fighting on the seas. Well, still seems like a waste to me, but anyway. Then there are obviously going to be gifts again, although I have to say that the snowflakes overall are a bit of disappointment this year. Yeah, they've kind of given with one hand and taken away with another. So the thing that they've given is you won't have to necessarily individually like depending on the number of ships you have in port so this is more of benefit to people with high numbers of ships like i've got nearly 450 ships for example um so i i will be one of the people that kind of benefits from the big change they've made so you'll be able to uh, uh yeah if a player has 100 more or more ships they'll be able to receive a standard gift for either winning a battle or reaching the 300 base xp milestone with a certain ship as well as a number of additional rewards for reaching higher basic XP thresholds. The number of bonus gifts a player gets at the end of the battle depends on how many ships they have in their port, the amount of experience earned. So if you have a high XP game in a given ship, it's basically going to be the equivalent of, uh, like instead of having to do um, several games with like a bunch of tier six ships, you know, you have one really good game, say 1,200 XP. So you get the... Um, or, you know, higher, 1,600 XP, 1,800 XP, you, you uh, will effectively be able to sort of knock off the, the snowflakes uh, slash rewards of several ships just from having one really good game. But there's an um, interesting thing here. So the way I understand it, it, the more ships in port you have, the more gifts you could earn by playing one ship, but you also have to be better, right? So if you yes, have like 400 you ships, XP. you need 1,100 base experience, and then you can collect four bonus gifts but what if you like have 400 ships and you own only a thousand base experience it doesn't sound to me like you then get the free gift right then you get nothing 
So meaning if you had less ships, you would have gotten additional bonus gifts, but because you have, like, the more ships you have, the more bonus gifts you can earn, but, you know, there's a downside to it, because now you have to play better. Kind of. Um, yeah. But you always uh, like get, the like, table the... table I have is a little bit confusing, so, um... I mean, there, there the is, like, a of... graphic down there. Yeah, 400 base XP, 800 base XP, 1,000, 1,100, 1,200. I mean, to be honest, 1,200 base XP isn't that... Like I maybe I mean this is my bias as a you know an above average player that twelve hundred XP doesn't seem that bad to me. Um, no, no, it's not. I, if you're trying to do this in co-op, for example, can, like I don't even know if you can do this in co-op, but um, like you're never going to get twelve hundred base XP in co-op, so you might be even struggling to get the four hundred base XP to get to get one gift. But um, yeah, I, I mean you can you can always just do it like with one victory or three hundred base experience like you did last year with every ship. So this is obviously a nice bonus, but it's interesting that they made it harder the more ships you have. And that the way I understand it, right, if you have 400 ships and you manage a 1,000 base experience, you get nothing, right? Which means it's not like you get as many bonus gifts as you earn additional experience. But if you are in this category, then you need to achieve this, right? Which means it's, for example, if you have 300 ships, you might earn more bonus gifts per time as with 400, depending, obviously, how well you play and how much base XP you earn. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it is. I mean, I've seen pointed out on on Reddit that it is maybe a good idea. Like, if you've got a bunch of, if you have the the port slots available, you know, you can, and if you're near a threshold, you can, yeah, uh, try and tip yourself over by rebuying cheap lower tier ships that you don't necessarily have that you could then sell afterwards. I mean, I've um, considered that. I'm I'm at three hundred, I think, seventy or something like that, and okay. I mean I could easily buy up to four hundred. And yes, Sally, you've got over thousand one basic experience in code, but you have to keep in mind, Sally, you play most of the time at the third. You play mostly at the time when there are very few people even in code. Like it's a lot harder to get a lot base experience if it's like a full team of players because everybody is struggling to get the damage done. And of course, if you're playing a lower tier in corp, then it's even harder to get the base experience. So while it's technically possible, it's not something you will most people won't be able to pull that off. Especially if you play at the prime time, right? Because there are so many other people you compete with or experience that nobody will pull that off. So uh, we, we've talked about how you earn this gift. So what you're going to get is for tier 10 and super ships, one super container. So I think that was like, obviously, super ships and new tier 10, I think, was already a super container last year. But yes. now the sad, the sad part is there is no longer steel and there is no longer coal. Right? Tier 8 and tier 9, you get the special bonuses and the rare bonuses container. And tier 5 and 7 will get the special bonuses container. So this is what I was kind of talking about, uh, was it last week, where... Was it the week before? I don't know. Whenever we had a... Uh, no, it would have been last week, wouldn't it? When we were talking about the economic stuff. Maybe it the was last week. Even whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the fact that that split has, has happened now sort of means that stuff like that might be devalued. And here, here we are seeing an example of the fact that they've now 
put in economic bonuses as as, as opposed to coal and uh, steel is is kind of devaluing it in a lot of players' eyes. I mean, I, I I guess if you really want to get some some bonuses in the bank, that's that's fine. Uh, but a lot of people are going to be quite. They're still going to have big piles of bonuses, so it's probably not a big priority for people at the moment. I'm sure there's lots of people that would by far prefer coal and steel. Yeah, the, the rare bonuses container gives you the blue ones, if I remember correctly, and the special bonuses gives you, I think, green ones. There was, I'm not finding it currently, but they, they said at some point what was in those containers. But if I remember correctly, that's... Ah, uh, there, there it is, new container content. Rare bonuses includes uh, level 3 bonuses, free of each type. So you get free of each blue bonus. And special is 5 of uh, each green one. And I'm guessing there's no, if there's no red ones in that, that's definitely disappointing. No, no, you need a unique bonuses container. That would include red ones, but I'm okay. not... They basically say new containers have been added to the game, right? The unique ones give the reds, the rare give blue, special gives green, and common gives gray. And now for this event, like for the snowflakes, you only get the green and the blue. But, I mean, none of those those bonuses help you get coal or steel, right? They help you get experience or credits. So especially for the people who were interested in coal and steel, this is a major disappointment. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I, I wonder if they're not only trying to slow down the credit economy a bit, but maybe try and slow down the, the coal economy and, you know, the steel economy has always been kind of slow, but, uh, yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not even going to be that as an event where you can try and stock up on some extra coal to. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a real shame. Things. Yeah. Well, moving on, there is going to be uh, like bat- battleship. So the you yes, can the play against an AI game rather than. I was a bit confused when I saw that it was going to be a this a battleship mini game. It's going to be what? Well, it's going to be a mode just for battleships? No, it, it's literally you know you sunk my battleship, that that battleship game. <laughs> for which you need special tickets. You need entry tickets. You have to do combat missions to get entry tickets to let you play Battleship within World of Warships. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. And you're not even playing against other players, you're playing against uh, an AI. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there is there is supposed to be a point to it in that you'll get event tokens uh, which you can use in the armory for uh, perma camos, economic bonus packages for specific ships, uh, econ bonuses, containers with signals and resources, and credits. But I just it all seems very convoluted. So you need to do the missions to get the tickets, to play against an AI, to get tokens, to, to use in the armory for, for uh, various things. So, okay. I mean, it should be mentioned that you can actually open the armory in your browser. So I presume that you can also play this game technically on your browser, maybe on your mobile phone. Maybe. So it, it's possible that you could, like, when when you're out and about, 
maybe uh, on the bus or so you could log into the armory on your browser and then play this battleship game a bit. So, because I, I highly doubt a lot of people will sit in front of their PC and go into the armory and play the battleship game instead of warships itself. But we shall see. Maybe the rewards are decent. Yeah, it doesn't specify, you know, which perma camos or which bonus packages. So we'll see. And it also doesn't specify like the price, like how how much do you have to play this game? Yeah, we're on a decent. Yeah, game. how many how many tokens will you need? So I, I think this is. I mean, it's the first thing they've had where. Um, well, it's not been that long since the split, but it's the first thing they've had where, you know, here's a thing where you can earn econ bonus packages. So uh, it does kind of prove that it's something they're willing to let maybe people... Like, they haven't removed the idea of, of um, the, uh, like, economic bonuses entirely for, you know, like, you used to be able to... Uh, in previous years, you, you'd get permit camos and whatever, and of course that comes with the usual camo bonuses but uh of course now it's separated so but yeah that they're at least allow- allowing people to maybe occasionally earn the the things but it might be for a ship that you don't own or don't want to play so <laughs> that could be fun then next something that's that's uh i didn't expect to happen, but they actually updated operations. They, yes, they this didn't is, lie this, this time. They were true this to their is, word. Um, this is probably one of the more substantial things in this article. We now have quite a bit of detail about what they're going to do with operations off the back of the announcement that, yes, they are returning. So we actually know uh, that they're returning in patch 11.8 and that essentially it's going to be like a random queue. For operations, you'll still be able to do full divisions and select a specific operation. Um, but yeah, all the, uh, I, I don't know if they all, they say all operations that are in the game, but I don't know if that includes things like Dunkirk, for instance. Um, yeah. Oh, they do say, okay, um, they, do, they say specifically three have returned. It's a bit confusing because they, they say in the first sentence, we've updated all operations so that players can participate in one or more of their free... Vi- uh, yeah, uh, but they, they updated all operations that you can play as to 6 or 8 now. So that's yes. true for all operations. But, okay, but they're only adding back three in that patch. Yes. So Ultimate Frontier, Hermes, and Cherry Blossom. Okay. But, I mean, it's a start. I think Cherry Blossom is probably the one that people are going to be most... Happy to see back. Hermes was not bad. Ultimate Frontier was certainly one of the more challenging ones with a random group. I mean, it will be interesting because now you, you, uh, if you play an operation, you'll just get a random, like you win a random battle. You don't know what what you're gonna get. Yeah, and you can yeah, basically um, queue so it, every tier six to tier eight ship. Yes, and it will, it will put together a. A team, um, I'm guessing potentially a team across multiple tiers, and that will affect the strength of the bots and post match earnings. It says, uh, in addition, the fee for re entering the battle on the same ship will be removed, so that's going away. There's not going to be a cooldown anymore, 
uh, to which you can pay credits to skip. So, yay! Yeah, I mean, definitely a good change. So that if you have the same, if you have a favorite ship that you like to take into ops over and over again, it's quite nice. Yeah, they are they're going to try to make operations more accessible in in that regard. I suppose you just uh, can bring any tier six to eight ship, and they'll depending on what final team composition you have, they will buff the ships accordingly. There's no e for re-entering. There's no longer the stars that you can reach, but instead there are going to be weekly missions for community tokens, daily and weekly missions. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I personally think that's a fine change because, like, they for for a really long time the stars were kind of like you know you did it once and that was it and then it's only relatively recently that they were like okay we're going to reset the stars for operations um i know that uh, as they're dropping that entirely um i think there's a decent amount a decent array of stuff in the armory for community tokens so uh, another way to earn community tokens is fine There's no yeah. mention of um, if if they're going to keep the kind of current uh, restrictions, as opposed to other um, like missions, mission chains, because uh, there's an awful lot of them where it's only random or co-op and operations oh. aren't counted. So possibly that won't change. I mean, I, I presume this is going to be a test to once again see how how uh, popular operations are going to be and based on how many people that get interested, the more effort they'll put into it. Maybe, yeah. I mean, almost certainly there's going to be a big spike of interest when the, the patch goes live and then they'll have to wait a bit to see what the the true numbers are like, as it were. Um, but hopefully we at least get more ops being added over subsequent patches as well. Yeah, I mean, if this is a success, maybe they'll they'll focus a bit more on it again. But you you never know what what the future holds. But I think it's it's a good step. And finally, they not only talked about operations; they actually true to the word and bringing it back. So, yes, that's that's nice. Well done. Given that we we did have to wait an awful long time for this to happen, it's nice to see actual you know momentum going on it um sooner rather than later so yeah thumbs up for that then next up is something interesting that i here for the first time there are going to be reload mechanics changes i'm not sure where that came from but interestingly enough they are going to change how the gun feeder commander skill works that helps you switch shells. So now you don't necessarily have to have your guns completely reloaded. The skill might even benefit you if you are still reloading and switching shell type. I think that's, that's yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, I don't use it on many captains, but there are a couple of captains <clears throat> where I do. And... Um... Yeah, that having to wait for, like, if your guns have managed to get out of, um, uh, out, out of sync in terms of, like, front and rear turrets, then, yeah, you might end up having to wait an extra 15, 20 seconds for all of them to catch up, but at which point you might as well have just kind of 
begun the reload already so you know it sort of almost <laughs> becomes a bit of a wasted skill at that point but yeah that that overall is good for players and um uh yeah they've actually changed some shell parameters there so that's interesting it does maybe open the possibility to different types of shells having different reload times in future i mean i don't think they'll do that but uh if if individual shells now have this new parameter and you've got say you know in theory you've got one shell being a lot heavier than another shell then um potentially you know you could have your ap and he have different load times i mean Um, that would be an interesting mechanic yeah i mean it, it could it could be you know potentially an interesting um way of differentiating different ships but it might be one of those things where wargaming goes no too complicated for players even though we've done all these other things that are complicated for players (laughs) yeah they're never they're never quite consistent with that they might do that i don't know that's just kind of uh you know just random speculation at this point Uh, they have actually nerfed it slightly though um instead of being from minus 50 percent um to the shell loading time, it's now going to be minus 40%. It's also interesting how this will affect captains that have this skill boosted. Because there's some special captains who have a more efficient version. Hmm. Yeah, whether they'll still stay the same or whether they will indeed lose some of theirs. But yeah, if, if you only ever like switch shell types when the guns are fully re- reloaded, this is now... Uh nerf for you but if you want to switch your shells well one turret is still reloading or even if an all are still reloading right this might be a buff too so it has some good and some bad and an interesting thing is that italian battleships now have an already passive bonus to uh, shell type switch which makes their sap a bit more useful if you can yeah uh, that that was interesting to me like the fact that they're applying a global buff to all tech tree Italian battleships. Like uh, that's, it's not, it's not a hugely obvious buff, but it does give them a little bit more flexibility with, um, switching between AP and, uh, SAP. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily address the shortcomings of Italian battleships, but it's, it's a bonus that they will now have a bit of extra. Um, sort of uh, flavor for the line, I suppose. Um, so yeah, and the fact that 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 will be kind of a base bonus means that your Italian captains with that skill will be way more effective than other national captains potentially, uh, which is kind of like the, the one of the few lines I do use that on is is it, it more tends to be. Italian cruisers. So it'd be nice if Italian cruisers got that as well. The the ones that use AP and SAP. But uh yeah, it is just battleships. So I guess their bat the, the battleship stats must be lagging a bit if they decided that they're going to implement this global change. I mean I don't think the Italian cruisers need much help. And their their set is not- relatively brutal against destroyers already, so you don't yeah. want to make it easier to them to it's more the the more the switching shells from like SAP is usually my go to and it's those op- opportunities yeah. when you want to use the AP it's more going the other way from the from the SAP 
to the AP that it will be more useful from my personal experience. That's that's true. But once again, it's not like your guns reload that long anyway, and you can always take the no. captain's gear. Unless you're in Venezia. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like a 20-second reload. But that, that has such a brutal broadside that, yeah, it has a 20-second reload for a reason. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Buff to Italian battleships. Uh, as, as we sometimes say about these buffs, not the buff anyone was expecting or really thought they needed, but they've done it anyway. So there we go. Um, we also know, it, going to the section underneath that, we know the composition of the brawls that will be in the next patch. And the one that's caught everybody's eye is the first brawl from September 9th to the 12th. Three versus three, tier eight aircraft carriers. Yeah, I I don't even um, know what that's going to be like, but it'll be like something. <laughs> I mean, if the aircraft cars want to play all with themselves, be my guest. Uh, that means <laughs> yeah, there like, might be less in random battles. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> finally, a mode just for aircraft carriers. There you exactly. go, aircraft carriers. Have fun just playing against other aircraft carriers. I really wonder how many people are gonna play that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I have no problem with that. Carriers playing against carriers. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, I don't think fine. anyone else really does. It's it's more the like how, <laughs> will will it really suck away that many uh, carrier players, or will everyone just point at it and laugh and go ha ha? No. I think a lot of people might give it a try once, have a laugh, and then just be like, "This is stupid," and don't play it. Quite possibly. Then, interestingly enough, they followed that with 12 versus 12 battleships, cruises, and destroyers. And honestly, the destroyers is the only one I might be interested in. 12 versus 12 battleships is like. Well, what do you expect? You can't push against that many battleships properly, right? This isn't going to be a massive brawl because you're going to get focused down. This is going to be a massive long-range snipe fest. That's going to be boring, I presume. Probably, was, yeah. You'll, I and, bet you'll have some people... I mean, it's Tier 8 as well, so it's not like you're going to have Masashis and things. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I bet you're going to have a couple of frustrated people in there Secondary Bismarcks and Turpitzes and some poor souls in their secondary Zetons. I want to get close. I want to use my secondaries and just getting blanted out of the water long before they even get halfway there kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, I could uh, always be be wrong. If if everybody would just push the center with secondary boats, it would be potentially fun, but... Considering how most people play the battleships in this game, I think this will probably be rather boring. Yeah. Then, I mean, 12 versus 12 cruisers, I don't know. But that the problem is that a lot of cruisers sort of rely on uh, spotting also if, if they want to use islands and so on. And the cruisers aren't very good at pushing. So I honestly don't know how that's going to go, but I feel like it's not going to be that interesting either. The only thing that I could see a lot of fun is 12 versus 12 destroyers, because it could be ending up in a lot of torpedo mayhem. Yes. 
Definitely. And there are and- some... There is actually a really good mix of, like, there's some very good torp destroyers, um, but there's also some very good gunboat destroyers at that tier as well. You're going to get some poor, confused sod that takes uh, their Asashio out. I can guarantee <laughs> you. Or their um, Senyang, and then wonders why they can't torpedo any of the enemies. It's going to happen. At Senyang, at yeah. least, you have a semi-respectable rate of fire, but yeah... <laughs> I mean, somebody somewhere is going to get very confused. Basically, any pun, uh, the regular pun Asian as well. Yeah, that's that's the the Senyang. Ah, okay. My mind was Actually, going to I the premium there the is one of the, Yeah, that yeah, there's the Fenyang has deep water torps too, doesn't it? Yeah, so avoid anything with deep water torps, basically, for that one. <laughs> there's your pro tip from this podcast. Yes, but uh, I I'm not sure how it's turning out. But that that's that's a brawl I want to try. That's the only of those brawls that I'm actually intrigued in. Let's say. Well, then we come to new content added to the game. Sea Lord permanent camouflage. I mean, we've talked about this camus beginning. I suppose it's it's the same as for. Almost the same as the anniversary stuff, but now yeah, it has really, like a figure in the front. It's more gubbins, basically. It's it's like the other one is the stripped down version of this one, essentially. Yes. And again, I am failing to really see a, a connection between what it's called and what the actual camo looks like. Again, kind of a quite a sci-fi looking camo with a mermaid figurehead, though. Yes, that that at least has some relevance to, you know, it's not even a proper figurehead. It's like, it's two figureheads. I don't oh, know if you yeah. can kind of like zoom in on the bow of the ship, but it's two figureheads pointing forward. I, 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 I would presume one is the female and one is yeah, the male. Yeah, maybe. maybe, yeah. But it's still, it's still odd. Like Sea Lord to me says, you know, high high ranking naval officer. Um, but I, I, they, they seem to be going with some sort of slightly odd fantasy theme that I, I don't know. What's the name of, is it like the Aquaman? That's what I'm thinking of. Jason Momoa. Yeah. They're kind of going for some vaguely fantasy slash sci-fi take on sort of like Atlantis or whatever. But it Yeah, I mean, that's basically Aquaman. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they could have done better. Then, um, so then, then we have the um, yeah the the flags and the unsinkable Sam. Yes, again, yes, the most important before. thing. Definitely. So then they have. Uh, edit alternative versions of the tactile container. What was the tactile container? I honestly don't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, the bonuses container. It does say. Does it say what's in the tactical containers? Don't think it does. Uh, 
no, but they added new ships to Super Container and Steam Super Container list, and they added new ships to the premium ship containers and so on. So. Yes. Um, so, yeah. That at least is kind of kept up with some of the, the more recent ones. I mean, considering um, that you can earn quite a few Super Containers, it's nice that they've updated the Super Containers. But you went. Yeah, I mean, you still get a fairly low chance of getting a ship from a super container, yes. but it, it can happen. Um, yeah, they, they do have. I mean, they've added the Maya to the the tier seven premium container, which is nice. Um, oh yeah. What else has been added that's notable? Not not that much. Some of these are not that new. I mean, um, uh, Hornet. I don't think you can buy. Uh, Schlakov, not particularly popular. Brandenburg. Hornet has been released like a, a few weeks ago. Calvon Schoenberg, Repulse, and Bjorn. So there's not not that many amazing <laughs> new additions there, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's just like an update that has been missing for... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some of those like tools has been around for a long time. Yeah, it just goes to show some of them, like they don't add new stuff to the the drop list that often. Which, it's one of those things where it's it's good if you already have a bunch or, if, you know, most if not all of those ships. And it's like, okay, this, these are new potential drops that I can get from these containers. But if you don't have any, it kind of just like dilutes the pool even further. So, I mean, swings and roundabouts. Well, depends if like the new ships are good, right? Like yes. if you were aiming to get one of the old ships, then obviously if there are more ships in it, the chance decreases. But it's not like they just added a bunch of bad stuff. I mean, speaking of adding stuff, there is going to be added an entire new ship line. Yes, now this is um, going to be Japanese light cruisers, and as far as we can tell, only the Tier 5 actually existed, and it's already kind of in the game, uh, in that it is uh, a sister ship, in fact, the lead ship of the uh, um, the Agano class, or, well, it, it, it's, you know, the Agano is representing the entire Agano class, whereas the one we have in game is the very specific Yahagi. Uh, so that that's not um, right. That's probably not going to differ that much from the Yahagi. It's certainly the same, uh, you know, uh, artillery loadout. Now there was we did a little bit of investigating before the stream. There was uh, a a follow up light cruiser class that was supposed to be two, but only one of them was actually finished, and this was the Oyudo class. Uh, one uh, one was finished. One was laid down and not finished. Uh, it was it was cancelled. And it's either they've either based the tier six or the tier seven on that class, but neither of them fits that class exactly. Like the armament is wrong, basically. So they've taken the Oyoda and based one of those, or maybe even both, uh, the tier six and tier seven classes. But yeah. Um, so one of them, one of them definitely existed. Uh, one of them is sort of based on a ship that actually existed, and then the others maybe, seem maybe. to be entirely, yeah, made up or based on paper designs or whatever. 
as as much as those you know existed or didn't exist after World War Two, because Japan like they they burned and trashed a lot of stuff. It it, it looks like they well, for some reason they they didn't. I I presume the armament just didn't fit the purpose of the. Yeah, yeah, that I mean that's that's kind of like the main guess. Um that that they wanted to um have more of a progression uh along their their terms rather than um actually having the the real Oyoda be uh, at tier six, which had uh what was its armament again? It had six one hundred and fifty five millimeters. Yeah, so that's, I think, basically the same armament as Agano, except um, Oyoda had uh, an all-forward turret arrangement. It's got two triple turrets um, started at the forward, so like an AB configuration. Um, so, hence they've essentially used the hull for either Tier 6 or Tier 7 and then added more guns. I think you know it's I mean? probably the Tier 7. Honestly, I just think they looked at the Agano and just took that and basically progressed it from there. Yeah, I, well, they I, certainly... I mean, the Tier 6, the, uh, the, the, the Gokase, uh, specifically says in its very brief description, development of the Agano class. So I think they've taken the Agano hull and um, sort of upped it a bit in terms of what protection, firepower, whatever. And... Um, Actually, uh, like put that at uh, tier six because I don't think any of the Aganos, no, none of the Aganos were called that. The Aganos were Agano, Nishiro, Yahagi, and Sakawa. Uh, so yeah, Gokase seems to be fictional kind of refit slash upgrade slash development. I mean, I Mono, think it's, it's also telling that none of those say even. A project that they're based on, or anything like that, just like a yeah. cruise armed with twelve. Like they, I really think they basically took the Agano, and then they were like, "Okay, we we based on this ship, we just take this sort of design and modernize it and make it." And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Agano is the only thing that has any connection to anything realistic. Well, I mean, you know, the Aganos were built, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but after that, they just took that one ship and they'd be like, okay, we, we base everything on this one ship. Just uh, basically I'm, make it better and modernize it. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you look, it's kind of hard to tell from the relative angles, but if you look at the Tier 7, the Amono, and then you look at, like, the profile of the Oyodo, um, that, like, the armament is wrong, uh, and they... <laughs> Um, I don't know yeah, if they've like moved the just, back section of the ship around, but I don't know. Yeah, but just look look at like the 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 Gokas and then look look at the Omono. It's it's a it's a progression, right? They progress on their own designs, not on a realistic design. It's simply you well, take that, that. The Oyodo was a progression on the Agano class, so I guess that kind of fits like the yeah, superstructure for the Oyodo. I don't know. We need Drach. We need Drach to look at these and give his expert opinion because we we're kind of both really neither of us properly know what we're talking about. That's I'm true, going but off one I, small grainy Wikipedia picture here. But, but based on like the 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 text that Warcoming usually writes to those new ship releases, I feel like if there was any sort of 
connection to anything realistic, like even a project or so, they would say that. They would say based on that design. And possibly since they don't even do that, I'm pretty sure it's all just made up. Possibly. Anyway, somebody who knows more about this will be able to untangle it. So, yeah, I think we probably will get dragged at some <laughs> point. You might be able to Definitely. go, oh, yeah, this is based on this project design, or it might just go, nope, that's, that's made up, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake. I mean, because the Tier 10 Japanese Heavy Cruiser is, is pretty much one of Wargaming's uh, longest-standing fakes, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the lines of the cruisers overall, uh, in terms of the hulls anyway, they, they look quite similar. Um, but there are some, like, it's more the superstructure um, and things like the funnels, turret layouts that are kind of the big differences overall. Um, I mean, they, they just also... get progressively more modern, I feel like, or what they would think yeah. would a modern warship. Um, the like. gun progression changes a bit as well. So tier 5 tier 6 are 152 mil guns. Uh, tier 8 has 155 mils so um, presumably similar performance uh, oh wait, tier 8 has 150 uh, what did I say uh, tier 7 I meant 155 did I say tier 8? Oh. I meant tier 7 um, that presumably will have um, similar performance to the, the Megami's 155's uh, and then tier eight, nine, and ten will have dual purpose one fifty mils. So they might have somewhat okay anti aircraft firepower <laughs> for a given value of okay, you know, for whatever that's worth these days. So we'll see. They've all got um six ten mil torpedoes. And uh one well, probably the most interesting thing is that they are reusing the torpedo uh, deflection mechanic, whatever you want to call it, the turning mechanic that we have seen added with British battlecruisers. So that uh, from tier seven onwards, you'll basically have a, uh, a higher torpedo um, uh, coverage than the actual launcher angles would suggest, so, which is going to be a good thing because aside from Otago and Furutaka, the Japanese heavies have got pretty terrible uh like they've got pretty restricted torpedo drop angles overall so that that's going to be a nice quality of life thing presumably if the uh torpedo drop angles are as restrictive as uh as the heavies yeah i've, I've also just looked at the aa and it's pretty bad the only good okay. thing i can say is that the long range has actually 6.9 kilometer range which is pretty amazing range these days for anti-air. yeah that's but that's gonna be gonna the dual purposes it. but it's not doing any damage so well, you know, well, what does damage these days? <laughs> like a couple yeah, of destroyers uh, have effective AA and that's it. <laughs> kind but, of thing. you know, most ships, like it's not even like good with those numbers. Those are, those are pretty, yeah. pretty sad damage numbers there. Um, tier, tier six upwards, they'll all have hydro or defensive uh, in a single slot. So you'll have to choose one of those two. And then uh, catapult fighter. And tier nine and tier ten repair party, so that's not anything out of the ordinary there. Uh, so let's yeah, let's take a look at the actual glance over the actual stats then. Um, yeah, bear in mind these are all initial stats, but uh, 
they seem like they're going to like the one thing it does say is that they they're not going to have in, in the in the rundown that they're not going to have particularly good AP. So they're probably going to rely quite a lot on uh, um, their HE, especially the higher tiers. Yeah, it says starting from tier eight, the AP shells have low damage. I so, mean, you have 150s. 150s are usually not known for their AP. It's probably... Well, potentially. I mean, some are all right, especially uh, even at high tiers. If you get close enough, you can start to really... Um, especially if you yeah. have a rapid rate of fire, you can actually spank people quite hard with uh, uh, even relatively low-caliber guns. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, this is not the common scenario. An example, but uh, that also does have the benefit of having its own special AP. Like, if you play like a Wooster, you will shoot AP eventually, but you know, it's like about 95% of the time you're shooting high explosive. Yeah. And I'm imagining it's going to be something similar. What's interesting, though, is that at tier 10, you have actually 18 kilometer gun range on those, and you have 18. <laughs> you have 18 guns. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll really have to see what the ballistics are like on these. We know the Yahagi has really quite floaty ballistics. It's almost got American ballistics on its 150. Uh, is it 152s on Yahagi? I'm pretty sure it is. And uh, I, I suspect that the uh, the Tier 5 and the Tier 6 will have those same floaty ballistics if it's the same 152 mil guns. Uh, but hopefully the ballistics will get a lot better than that. Otherwise, all that range is going to be wasted. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, range-wise, where are we? Tier 5, 14.6. Uh, tier 6 is going to be 14.6. Pretty decent jump. Tier 7, 17.6. Uh, that's not bad for a Tier 7 cruiser. In fact, that's pretty good for a Tier 7 cruiser, I have to Definitely. say. Um, tier 8 is going to have... Uh, what's my place now? Uh, 18.7. Tier 9 will have 18.7, and then at tier 10, 18 kilometers. So uh, they'll have pretty good ranges. And I'm. It's interesting that they lose range at tier 10 despite using the same guns. Yeah. I wonder Uh, if that's a typo or if that's intended. It might be a typo. Yeah, I don't know. Or it might just be, hey, you have so many more guns now. Mind you, it's five five triples versus six triples, so it's it's one extra triple turret. So it's not like it's... Like, it's a pretty good increase in firepower, but I don't know. Um, yeah, does the reload time just get, like, amazingly better? No, it's a 14-second reload at Tier 10. So the, it's kind of almost a Japanese light cruiser equivalent of the... Um, uh, the Venezia, like big broadside, but long reload. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That might be a typo. 18, going down in range is really super unusual. I mean, I, I also just other... saw that they, that they do seem to have different shares, right? Um, oh, no, no. Oh, never mind. No, it might just be a typo, because otherwise those those guns look... Yeah, but who that's... Knows? That's kind of weird. Definitely kind of weird. Yeah, so they're not... 
uh, yeah, they've sacrificed reload for range, basically. So a lot of these, like tier eight, that's also fourteen seconds, twelve and a half mind, seconds. Keep in mind that means you're gonna comfortably mount a reload module, and you're not that tempted into mounting a range module. Get some of the reload. Thank. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You'll be able to from tier eight onwards to be able to. Um, I don't know, tier nine onwards, aren't it? It's it's tier nine you get the the reload module, isn't it? It's that, that tier nine, tier ten slot. Um yeah, you'll be able to get a bit of extra kick out of them, but you, yeah, it does seem like they really want to make you um sort of hang hang back a bit and like you have the range to do that and be a bit safer and and live a bit longer. So um that's that's not bad, but a lot really does depend on the ballistics. A lot of light cruisers and even some of the heavy cruisers have pretty short ranges at higher tiers. And that can quite severely impact their survivability. Uh, so it's on also one hand, interesting that they have like good torpedo range and good concealment. So I think that tier 10 will come to about 10 kilometers concealment and your 15 mm-hmm. kilometer torp range. But they are quite slow torps. They're only, what, 60-something knots? 57. 57. I mean, oh, these actually, days... They, you know. they actually get slower. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, you can, I mean, you yeah. can still boost that a bit with captain skills, or potentially... Um, do you get that much on cruisers, or is that only destroyers? can't remember. Uh, you, you have the, the speed captain skill on cruisers. I think you have... You can even buff torpedo damage, right? I think you can buff torpedo speed, torpedo yeah. damage, and flooding chance, or something like that. I was reload. And anyway, yeah. but uh They look they look okay. I don't think they're gonna set anyone's hair on fire, but um the range is probably the best thing about them and it really is a lot of it's gonna come down to the ballistics. What are the ballistics going to be like? How easy are these shells going to 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 dodge? And what is its capability going to be of dodging fire in return? But the fact that it's got decent range plus pretty good stealth, um, yeah. Well, yeah, t- Tom from chat has, has just pointed rate. out that the turning circle at tier 10 is 930 meters. <laughs> okay, that's, that's kind of, okay. That's, that's more like uh, Soviet-like cruisers then. I mean, um, that's worse than a lot of battleships. Yeah, I mean, yes, there are battleships that could turn inside of that, sure. And 12-second um, rudder shift. Yeah. That, that right. me, that's interesting because, you know, with the range and so on, they seem like they, they might want to be open-water gunboats, but if your ship doesn't really turn... Yeah, that's... you are. Even, even with the extra reaction time of having that extra range, that's still... Um, yeah, I mean, actually with the rudder shift as well, like, Chapayev, for instance, um, that's 890 meters, but the rudder shift is only 7.7 seconds. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, as we always say, these are preliminary numbers, but um, these might not be that good at uh, at open water dodging then. But if they have, I mean, they might end up having really good ballistics for island camping. I don't know. Impossibly. So we also have some other other new ships, including an uh, interesting variation of a Japanese cruiser, uh, the Tokachi. 
which is going to be a full attacker hull at tier 7, but it's going to have fast-firing, dual-purpose, 5-inch guns, 127 mils. Uh, so, yeah, and it's going to have um, six twin turrets. And so, apparently oh, long-range it, it, torpedoes. Yes. It's going to, yeah, it's going to have the 610. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what Fur Attacker itself has. Fur Attacker is actually one of the, the, the like, it's the only heavy cruiser apart from Otago that, that actually does have decent top drop angles. So it does uh, so have 12-kilometer yeah, uh, torps. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's actually, that is longer range, I think. Uh, yeah, yep. 10 kilometers on Fur Attacker, 610 mil, two quad launches. We um, only have two times three, but 12 kilometer range, only 17 seconds reload. So, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty quick. So, you'll have the torpedoes to rely on for those situations where you aren't able to use your, your uh, main guns, which uh, only reached to 13.6 kilometers. So,. Um, you know, it's still better than the Atlanta and the Flint, <laughs> but not by that much. So we have a Japanese torpedo Atlanta. Kind of, yeah. It this even is has a slightly weird one. Yeah, top, yeah, so this, this one seems like it's going to be, sometimes you'll get to pew-pew at things. Um, and a 9%? Fire chance for one twenty seven mil guns is actually pretty good. Normally it's like four or five percent. Um seven second reload, so not that fast for the caliber. Um it's certainly a far cry from the what is it, like less than five seconds? It's like four point eight on the Atlanta. You you know you just need some adrenaline rush. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, that is that is a pretty quick reload on those torpedoes, and they are fairly decently damaging torps as well, 17k damage. Um, I don't think this is going to have the torpedo turning mechanic, but if it's got the same drop angles as for attacker, it does not need it. Uh, also, 5.8 on its... Um, uh, it's uh, AA range, which for a tier 7 cruiser is pretty decent. Um, yeah, AA is probably not going to scare too many people, though. No. Um, detectability is 11.8. Oh, yeah, tier 7, you don't have the module yet, so... No, you've only got a concealment expert, so I think you can get that down to less than 11, but... Yeah, probably, like... N7 or something. Yeah. So yeah, that might be an interesting one to play in a division with somebody with smoke. I mean, you do have a hydro um, in in the second slot. So if you played at tier 7 with a smoke destroyer, like a US smoke destroyer, like a Mayhan or something, and that way you're able to get close enough to actually use your guns and you have that, that quick... Um, that uh, that quick torpedo reload that could be interesting potentially, um, but um, yeah, I mean you uh, can it, stealth torp, although not with it, that much margin. 
Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's going to be just possible. It's not like the, uh, the mainline cruises where at tier 10 where you've got, what was it, 15 kilometer? Yeah, about 10 kilometer concealment and 15 top range. Yeah. Where you could do that quite comfortably. Uh, but, um, yeah. Oh, one thing, um, I remembered one thing that was pointed out, and I've just double checked this to confirm it's true that the tier 10, of the light cruisers actually has more than the more hit points than the Zhao by like 10k. <laughs> so Zhao's hit points 44,900. Uh, it's not quite 10k. Um, this is going to have 55,300. Actually, no, that is just over 10k, isn't it? It's like 10,400 yes. hit points. So I was rounding the wrong way there. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of a bit wacky i mean honestly it looks like that the light cruiser is just a lot bigger and fatter than the heavy cruiser yeah because maybe, when you yeah. think about like the turning circle and the roller i mean it's hard to judge how big this is from a picture i guess but i have a feeling this thing's gonna be pretty big so, yeah I have to say, with the the the, the, the Takashi, it's one of those things where uh, it's it's like the Boise, it, this this or the was it Garizia? One one of the uh, Italian tier sevens anyway that has the heel. Like this would actually be possibly a bit interesting to me with that short range if it had a heel, but it does not. So that definitely makes it less interesting to me personally. Yeah, I mean um, the tier yeah, seven hasn't really caught my. It's pretty niche. It does look pretty niche. I mean, it depends how, how how they distribute it. If it's a cold ship, I might have a look. Otherwise, I'll probably yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how this is going to be distributed. Um, anyway, enough about that. There's then going to be a, a German uh, battle cruiser slash large cruiser, the Admiral Schroeder, at tier nine, and it says it's based on an idea from the late 1920s regarding the creation of a high-speed battlecruiser with 305mm guns and relatively weak armor. So the, I'm guessing the armor is why they've slotted it in as a, uh, a cruiser rather than um, categorizing it as a battleship. So that, that's probably to its benefit in terms of things like surface detectability. I mean, I like Wargaming's logic, right? In the first sentence, they say weak armor. In the second sentence, they say suited for combat at medium distances to its decent <laughs> survivability. It's like, um, you know, does it now have weak armor or is it tanky? Make up your mind. Not, not bad for cruise armor. <laughs> so what's this yeah. relatively weak armor? It would be nice to know how it compares to like the Siegfried in the, the AGF, for example both of which are pretty well armoured for being cruisers. I mean, obviously, um, what we what the only thing they actually say is like 27 plating, which is not that bad, I suppose. For Yeah, I mean, that's the same end plating as the AGO and the Siegfried, but it also sort of like depends on, is it going to be turtleback? Is it not? Is it going to be... Yeah, what, what's um, like deck armour and side armour and belt? so on. Right? yeah. Uh, so we'll see, and it does specifically like this. This is um, like the fact that it's a 1920s design specifically puts it before being one of the many, many um, sort of 30s era 
uh, Kriegsmarine, you know, Nazi era design. So it does, it, it does have that sort of differentiation going for it at least. Um, but I suspect the, Guns, the gun stats are probably going to be very similar to the existing 305 mils um, that we have on things probably. like Hegea and Odin and Pommern and so forth. I mean, um, also they say something about, I think, decent secondaries. The problem, of course, is that cruisers can no longer spec into secondary skills. Yeah. You have an eight kilometer base range, but you cannot get the, the 20% from a skill because you don't have that skill. You can only get the 20% from the module. Yeah. You have to have something baked in like Napoli for it to be really worthwhile. And even then, Napoli secondaries are a little bit gimmicky. Yeah. I mean, it's always hard on a cruiser to use because even if your cruiser is somewhat well, more well armored, you're still a cruiser. Mm -hmm. And battleships will still just laugh going through your nose. I think um, these seem to be slightly less effective than the AG. I'm just looking at AG's 305 mils. Uh, so the high explosive, uh, same pen chance, but, uh, 3,400 damage versus 3,600 on AGA and 5% less fire chance. So 27 versus 22%. Um, also lower velocity. So these are not the same shells and, uh, has a lower base range and the AP looks weaker as well um, 8300 maximum shell damage versus 9100 for a citadel and again a slightly slower initial shell velocity so slightly weaker okay. gun but how, like how does the accuracy compare uh that I would have to look up somewhere like uh, the Wales. I mean, the, the Schroeder seems to have a good Sigma with 2.05. Yeah, it's, it's always yeah. like 2.05 is, is good. Maybe, maybe it is overall going to have better dispersion, but it's always kind of just looking at the numbers on paper. It, it's yeah, like Sigma versus to play it. Sigma is, is it's kind of hard to. Um, like you kind of you need to get to the stage where little white mouse has like sat and fired several dozen rounds at her test fuso to you know gather all the data points needed to say well is this is this better is it worse is the dispersion pattern you know is it more diffuse is it better on the horizontal plane so yeah it's always kind of hard with accuracy maybe that is supposed to be the thing though the shells are a bit weaker but the accuracy is overall better more reliable i don't know I mean, as always, would need testing, and it's initial starts anyway. Yeah, uh, it's also only eight guns, so it's it's two forward, two aft, fairly balanced setup. Uh, um, I mean, so it's interesting a, that we like get another cruiser like this at Tier Nine, where we already have the Aegir and the Siegfried. Yeah. So now we have three similar cruisers at that tier. Uh, I'd also be interesting for what resource they sell it, but we, we're now going to basically have three sort of ships yeah, that occupy the um, same slots at the same tier. It's not going to have torpedoes. 
I think it might have better surface concealment, though. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good um, concealment for such yeah, a Yeah, 12.6 for a large cruiser. So I get maybe that's going to be its thing, is it's going to be sort of a bit less well-armed, no torpedoes, but it's going to be, be a bit sneakier. I'm not sure. It does have an engine boost. Yeah. Interestingly that, enough. Could be useful sometimes. Uh, plus 15%. I don't know. It could be okay. It really depends what they, yeah, what they do with the, with the shell accuracy and what the armor distribution is like, basically. I mean, personally, I don't even like the Aegea that much. I actually prefer the Siegfried with its 15-inch uh, guns, even though I know that's that's kind of the less popular one, but yeah. I think the Siegfried is less popular because it's harder to get. Like, wasn't the Siegfried like Research Bureau or something? I honestly can't remember at this point. Because I don't have the Siegfried, so it must have been either Steel or Research Bureau. I only have the Aegea because it was coal. Chat might be able to uh, remind us. Anyway, yeah, I think the main point of interest is that it's going to be a 1920s, that it's going to be a you know, sort of Weimar-era design. Uh, although the superstructure and obviously all the secondaries, they, they are, like, this is gone through the usual hypothetical refit. So this is, this is not going to be a 1920s-looking cruiser. It's, it's a 1940s-looking cruiser in terms of its, its dressing and its secondaries and its AA. So it's, you know, what if this thing had been built and what if the Nazis had refitted it for the 1940s? So chat has confirmed Siegfried's research bureau. Okay. So then, uh, of course it had to happen, but new super ships and we get a new super carrier, a Japanese one. So, um, so it's further development of the Taiho. So it's a super Taiho. Excellent. Which what well, used to be the tier nine, I think. I honestly uh, can't remember. Back in the day. Question. I mean, they they go into some some naming convention and whatever there. Yeah. And then there are obviously some stats. It's gonna have jet planes, as everybody expected. It will have. Uh, only two tactical squadrons, I think. Uh, uh, the rockets and torpedo bombers. Of course it's going to have torpedo bombers, of course. Obviously. And based on previous supercarriers, I fully expect it to be overpowered. Yeah, um, the Japanese armor-piercing bombs can be quite nasty as well, so... Yeah. Um, what does it say for stats? Not that the stats are going to mean that much to me oh, for a carrier. Yeah, again, it's all preliminary. Much, you know. uh, let's see. Um, okay, the planes are going to be fairly fast, I think. Well, the regular planes are decent. The TAC aircraft's tactical squadron is going to be really quite it's fast. It's interesting that lots. the tactical squadrons aren't actually that much faster. Like the yeah, regular TAC craft is uh, 165 and tactical 173. 
the top bombers especially are uh, 148 knots. So uh, that's barely faster than the regular ones. Yeah, I'm wondering because like the the, the tactics ones of the existing ones, one of the features that it is incredibly fast jet aircraft. Others like then just gonna be regular, not jets. That doesn't. That's weird. Again, is that typo? Is the fact that it's only three knots faster than the regular top bombers on purpose? I don't know. I mean, they have more hit points. No, no, they say having intractable jet squadrons, the main feature is their high maximum speed. Maybe it means the boost? I don't know, maybe they have ah. a really high boost. Yeah, it's possible that, that with the boost they can get a lot faster and this is just the, only, the regular speed. Yeah, it only gives the cruising speed in the actual uh, preliminary stats. So I suppose expect them to be faster than that. Yeah. So I don't know, I, I don't really play my tier 10 carriers nearly enough to know um, what that's going to be in comparison. But presumably so, I won't enjoy being on the wrong end of it. So in, interesting enough, though, by the way, I'm not sure what, what secondary armaments other Japanese carriers have, by the way. But the, the, the supercarrier will have uh, magically 100 millimeters. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you might well be able to then, uh, <laughs> like, so, you know, secondary, <laughs> go in and pretend you're a German carrier. So it, it, it has 7.3 range. So if you are destroyer going after this thing. Beware. <laughs> but beware. They might melt you. Yeah. It doesn't say it's going to have improved accuracy or anything like that. And you can't take yeah. the secondary skill on, on. Aircraft carrier captain, so you might be alright, but I don't know if I'd risk it. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty fast as well, 35 knots. So, yeah, no idea what the, the deck plating is going to be. I mean, the four and a half plating, 19mm, which is, I think... They, they said something area. about an well-armored deck, I think. Yeah, so if it's anything like the, the Hakiryu deck, it's like, okay, good. Good luck bouncing your small caliber guns off the deck <laughs> when you're having to fire at it at range. Yeah, the, car uh, the aircraft carrier has got good deck armor, they say. Well, anyway, then we've also got the Super Kremlin. Yeah. The Admiral Ushakov. Um, which I think is that the same guns as the Kremlin? Might be. It is going to have a sort of almost Japanese style uh, firing mode thing. Yes, they they basically thought what the Kremlin needed was more long range accuracy. So, yes, you basically have. A Kremlin with uh, well armor and very tanky <coughs> and very strong short to medium range, and then you have the buff that you can press for what thirty percent better dispersion. Yeah, so not, so not only that, snipe. so minus thirty percent to your dispersion, but also ten percent extra range. Yeah, <laughs> so you got the sniping buff. So if you ever thought like your Kremlin was too weak at range, 
You now get the Super Kremlin with the sniping buff. Uh, it's also got... Uh, someone's asking about the secondaries. I, it doesn't say what they are. I mean, the Kremlin itself has got eight twin 130 mils. Uh, this is going to be... You eight have eight quad, quad 130 mils. Um, but generally, Soviet secondaries aren't worth specking into. It uh, doesn't have the rate of fire. One of the things that really does, uh, like most of the Soviet secondaries, are generally not particularly fast firing. Um, I mean, they're 130 mils, so they might be reasonably fast firing, but I think people doing their secondary spec Kremlins are probably fairly few and <laughs> far between. I don't think I've ever seen a secondary Kremlin. I mean, uh, if they're the look... same secondaries, we might can... Or what does the... It doesn't give a, a designation for, for what kind of gun they are. So, um, the, I, I presume they're the same as the, the, the Kremlin ones. The Kremlin ones is four second reload. The Kremlin basically just, it, it has twice the amount of seconds as the Kremlin, but yeah, otherwise Yeah, 8% chance of fire is the same. Maximum HE shell damage is actually slightly higher. 1900 versus 1800. Um, but slightly slower initial velocity. How does, someone actually mentioned the small, how does that compare to Smolensk's, Smolensk's guns? Uh, Smolensk, where are you? So obviously they are quad turrets. Um, 1800, 8.5% fire chance, although that might be, have I got the, probably got the flag on that, 850. So they're not, they are not Smolensk turrets. The Smolensk has basically the same stats as the secondaries on the, uh, the Kremlin. Whereas these appear to be slightly lower initial velocity, but slightly higher damage. And we don't know the reload here. We only know the reload no. of the Kremlin. It might be similar, but since the, the guns are slightly different. Yeah, I mean, if it's reload. a quad turret, it might actually be a slightly longer reload than Kremlin's 4. Uh, Smolensk has 4.5, so we can expect between 4 and 5 seconds. And so I wouldn't be too concerned about those secondaries, personally. Yeah. If you want to set the fire, you do it with a 45% chance on your main guns. <laughs> <laughs> Is this... Yeah, that's, it's basically the same guns as Kremlin. I think so, 457s, yeah. Even the same... That's interesting because it seems to have even the same reload time. So it's basically... They, it didn't gain anything in firepower, right? This is the... I think it is purely the, the combat instructions, as they call it, that's the main... Well, I'm presuming the AA is going to be better as well with those quad turrets. Those well, quad and, secondaries. and you are presumably, well, can get more hit points, maybe better armor even. Yeah. So, same, same firepower as a Kremlin with, uh, with a sniping of... Yeah, with, with an extra... You know, okay, every every nine hits, you get to press the FU button and uh, <laughs> enjoy kind of like Yamato. Is it the Yamato legendary upgrade? Or I can't even remember. But uh, Or the, you know, the Satsuma's um, thing. And you get extra range. Yes. So, yay, that's going to be fun.
Well, I think that basically concludes this stuff block, but there has been today yes, there another is, ship there is one other. So, um, the, the Dutch destroyer Trump. Yes. Now, it's technically a light cruiser, but they've decided to... Um, well, well, the Dutch classed it as a light cruiser, but they've decided to put it as a kind of large destroyer, essentially. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't... I presume this was an actual ship. I know there have been ships called the Tromp. I mean, they say officially classified as a light cruiser, so that sounds like it existed. Yeah, otherwise it couldn't. HNLMS Trump. Uh, is it going to be the Trump class? What it obviously realistically didn't have is the ability to magically conjure planes, but this in game Trump will magically conjure planes. Yes. Yeah, I think this is the 1930s Trump. This is one of this was a, a, a kind of a small light cruiser slash destroyer leader. Um, I mean, they were specifically designed as destroyer leader cruisers. So 150 mil guns. Um, this is really this is very high tier for a ship of like most ships of that era tend to be rather lower. Um, but yeah, this is one of the ones. I mean, since they basically put the cruise into the destroyer class, that probably makes up for it. Yeah, this is one of the ones that actually survived the war, which is not true of that many Dutch ships, which is interesting. So uh, it's it's going even, to be fairly slow, probably because it was kind of a cruiser and not a destroyer. Yeah, it's it's, it's decent decent speed for a cruiser, but slow for a destroyer. At um, uh, where was it? Thirty-three and a half knots. Yes. So yeah, surface detectability. Uh, again, that would be amazing for a cruiser, but for a destroyer, seven point three is not that good. But you'll be able to get that down to five eight around. So pretty decent yeah. actually. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's competitive at that tier. Um, kind of weak torpedoes, but quick reload. And 150 mil guns with an okay range. But being 150 mils means you will have a slower rate of fire, which it should say here sometimes. Yeah, eight, eight seconds. seconds. But I mean, you know, 150, so you, you got uh, three times two, so well, possibly yeah, decent. Yeah. I think this is, this is more going to be... Of interest, to, I mean, the Dutch fans, I guess, um, the fact that it's going to have decent concealment and the fact that it's a ship that actually existed and actually served and actually survived World War II, uh, that will be of interest to some people. Interesting enough, though, it doesn't have a heel. No, it does not. But, and... you know, that might change. That might change. Yeah, just, yeah. just damage control party and engine boost. There's not going to be a smoke either. So you're absolutely going to rely on, on that stealth. Which and, is a bit uh, interesting because you, you don't have a heal and you're very slow and you don't have yeah, a smoke. So if you get that, caught, you're in trouble. If, yeah, if somebody, if somebody with radio location decides to run you down, there's literally nothing you can do about it apart from pop your engine boost. Uh, so, yeah, um, if you 
get one of these, I guess it would be a prime candidate for having Swift in silence. Uh, although, unfortunately, that is a four-point skill on your destroyers and actually does impact your main battery reload time as well. So that does come with a trade-off, and it's already a fairly slow main battery reload. For yeah, destroyer. you probably wouldn't want it, you, especially since this this looks like a habit. And as I've said before, you have the Dutch airstrike. So you have torpedoes, airstrike, and guns. And considering Wargaming's design philosophies on the Dutch, I presume yeah. you're supposed to use all three armaments in order to the, get anything done. Honestly, the airstrike is kind of like, the, they're always the least interesting thing about the, the respective ships they're on, occasionally useful. So if you um, find someone firing a bunch from a smoke cloud and you're close enough to drop your airstrike, does it say what range the airstrike is even? Eight kilometers. Um, yeah, that's not too bad, but you still got to get pretty close. That's well going to be well within radar ranges. Um, yes. Yeah, it seems it seems like the usual Dutch thing of we've given it an airstrike, so we've gimped a bunch of other things. So no smoke, no hydro, uh, uh, no heal. Um, we'll see. We'll see what changes happen to that. I, I suspect that is not going to come through its testing period unchanged. I mean, surely, surely it won't. Surely. The, the 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 question now is: Will it have anti-submarine warfare? Because Who knows? ships with Dutch airstrikes don't have anti-submarine warfare, so fine the game. Probably not then. I mean, it's a destroyer. It could still have them drop from the back, but. Well, who knows? I mean, it might do. It might be modelled, and they just might not let you use them. <laughs> That's always a possibility. <laughs> Pretty sure there's one or two ships in game like that where it has the rails model and then you just can't actually use anything. So, uh, an interesting thing. I mean, the, the idea that you have like an eight kilometer airstrike that you can drop from stealth while getting close uh, could be a bit annoying, but you're going to be so vulnerable because you you are just so slow with no no really escape tools. And you have to um, enter radar range in then. Yeah. And it's a relatively quick reload. It's 40 seconds reload on the airstrike. And it is a quick reload on the torpedoes as well, we should say. 70 seconds. Yes. Um, but 10 kilometers is, is okay-ish. 64 knots is entirely middle of the road. 13.7 thousand damage, um, you know, minus whatever the port belt is of whatever you're shooting at. Uh, that's not that much damage. So be able to spam them, spam out the torpedoes with um, sort of relative regularity, but they're not going to do that much damage. And you only have two times three torps, so you don't yes. really have that many torps. It's not going to be huge spreads of torpedoes, even if they're low low damage torps. So yeah, it's kind of a bit overall less interesting to me if it if it had something extra like a like a good hydro or a good smoke or something like that or a heal um, i mean I, we'll see we'll see if they add any of that to this i feel like a lot of it comes down to how how much you can fight off with those guns and then obviously matchmaking right you will be so brutally punished with with a lot of radar because Hmm. You you can't uh, if you can't get close enough to torp or use your airstrike, you aren't going to do much with your guns in the open water. 
it being so slow. Maybe, maybe it'll have the German 150mm AP or, you know, sort of equivalent I penetration kind think. of thing. It doesn't say anything about the, the, about the AP, though, so I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, it's going to go for testing anyway, and it'll yeah. probably have stats changed. I, but, I, so. I, I would be incredibly surprised if that came through testing unchanged. So, yeah. So we um pretty much done, but we do have one last bit of real world news yes. to finish off with. And uh I actually saw this referenced on Reddit and then somebody had helpfully linked one of those sites, one of those uh sort of more localization news sites where you couldn't actually then open it anywhere in the EU. So had to go hunting <laughs> for another source. Um but yeah, uh it's Texas news and it's it's good news for the Texas in terms of its preservation. So they've basically um uh they've they've settled on um where it's going to be sent for its um repairs. And uh where are we? I have to scroll down this article. It does say somewhere. Uh they did some work earlier in the year. because yeah, we all we all I think we all remember that uh it it was it uh, where are we? 2017. Yeah, there was a big a hole appears and started listing, and everyone was worried it was going to sink. Then, um, at that point, it was realised that they really needed to do something more permanent. And it's taken a little while to get to this point, but um, yeah, so uh, it's going to be leaving its current berth in San Jacinto, and it won't be going back to the um, the, the place where it is now. Um, since May, they've basically been carving out a path in the mud behind it so they can actually tow it out from where it is now. And they're going to tow it to the Gulf Copper and Manufacturing Corporation Galveston Shipyard. They don't know where it's going after that, but uh, presumably that will be the next stage of the process of figuring out where its new permanent home is going to be. So, yeah, that's that's very good news. They're going in, uh, they're going to take it in to, um, I, I don't know if it's being dry docked or not. I would presume it's being dry docked if they're going to be working on the hull and, um, uh, you know, uh, sort of really do all the work on the hull that it's needed for the last however long and hopefully preserve it for, uh, well, you know, another hundred years. Who knows? We've had, uh, we've had HMS Warrior with us for longer than, um, than victory, and that's still going fairly strong, although that's not been sat in the water. So, uh, yeah. Who knows? But it's very good news for anyone that's a fan of, um, uh, you know, Texas. history stuff and ship stuff. And, you know, his, Texas is one of the few veterans of, of um, or, you know, one of the few ships that's, that's seen some sort of service in, in both world wars. And uh, it's it's really you know it's a, it's a real relic of the early dreadnought age even you know it, Texas was laid down what less than half a was it like half a decade after well, dreadnought was what 1906 and uh, Texas was like 1911 something like that. No so idea. It, it's you know this is from the real early days 
1914. So uh, not quite. It was like eight years after HMS Dreadnought. So uh, yeah, a, a real a real piece of history. So it's, yeah, yeah but it's, it's nice to always have a bit of good real world sort of preservation news. And not, oh, you know, this this ship is horribly underfunded and is now sinking, <laughs> which just seems to be more often the case. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, it does mention a couple of places where I might end up. Um, might stay in Galveston, uh, Corpus Christi. Um, I mean, first I need to tell it and start the repairs, and then yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll yeah. see because there's there's always something unexpected happening. I think if you repair stuff, this would almost certainly like for a for a project like this, we're probably talking like a yes. year or two. Definitely, it's definitely not going to be a quick time frame. It's a, it's a battleship, you know. Even if it's uh, small next to an Iowa, it's still a battleship. It's still pretty big. Yeah. So, um, I think that covers the news for this week. Yeah. Um, I think so. Like I said, we'll, we'll probably try and get a drag on and we'll probably revisit the, the Japanese light cruisers and uh, <laughs> see how much basis well, the, they have in reality after we'll, Tier 5. We'll figure out what Drak has to say about them. Yes, and the other ships as well, of course, like Tromp and uh, so on. It's a nice, a nice tranche of ships for him to enlighten us about. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. We'll be back next week, and have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.